all, so this goes to you and to the team for all the hard work we put in day in and day out. <laughs> we about to get it in, baby. Let's get it. Welcome to our kind of pod, a special UW football-themed episode of the Boyd Meets World podcast. Uh, today's guest is Zach Peggins, uh, frequent guest of the program. Thanks, Zach, for coming on. I understand Zach is not Michael Staten, your usual Our Kind of po- Pod co-host. Uh, some people might be wondering, uh, did you and Staten hate each other? Uh, did you have a fight? Uh, no fight. We do hate each other, uh, but that's not the reason Stanton is not on this pod. He is tearing up Europe as we speak, so he'll be back after the Hawaii game, back in the regular rotation. Uh, for, but for now, brought Zach off the bench. He killed it. He and I talked about the fun and joy of the Eastern game, uh, the questions that have emerged now about the uh, role of Dick Richard Newton, uh, Husky running back, and, and the, the kind of clues that are there that this guy is going to be a part of this program. Uh, and then we also talked about the weird, uh, very confusing feud that Evan Weaver has uh, with the University of Washington. Someone hurt Evan uh, to make him say these, these just nasty things about, about the dogs. Uh, so we talked about that uh, in what should be a fun game against Cal. And then after Zach hopped off, he and I, or actually just me, uh, that's how monologues work, uh, just me, I, I spoke about the uh, unfortunate comments that continue to come out of Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott's mouth um, and was so fired up about them that it inspired me to uh, do an homage to Chris Berman and the fastest three minutes. So I really hope you stick around for that part because it was me trying something new. Uh, maybe weird, might suck. Uh, it's up to you guys to decide that, uh, but I had fun doing it. Thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review, uh, and tell a friend. You know, if you're talking to other dogs about the podcast that you listen to to get ready for games, uh, tell them about this one. I would really appreciate that. Uh, it goes a long way. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening, and go dogs. Uh, ZPEG. Thanks for thanks for joining me, man. How many how many times have you been on this pod? I think this, you're getting close to ten. Yeah, do I get like a t-shirt or something, like a jersey, like as a recurring guest? Yeah, it's a it's a rolled up uh, dog pack shirt from <laughs> 2013. Wait, when are you gonna drop some merch? <laughs> That's a good question. The the Boy Meets World dad hat has always been uh, on my on my list, but. Uh, yeah, if you drop some merch, I would definitely rock it to the tailgates. I appreciate that. Turns out uh, no one wants to pay for it. Um, true story, I've been harassing Treetop Apple Juice for like a year to, to sponsor this podcast, and they just they only send like one DM every two weeks. Um, so if they ever hit me back, it's uh, it's got to be them. They'll pay for it. And, uh, what about Nordstrom's? <laughs> That's true. I should have been up there, but... Does uh, you guys have a strong brotherhood? Yeah, you'd hope, but it doesn't quite work like that. Come to find out, despite what they tell you during rush. Um, let's uh, let's get right into it. Saturday, yeah. you, neither of us were there, but Saturday was was a whole lot of fun to watch. It reminded me a lot of uh, that 2016 year when uh, we came out and blew the doors off of Rutgers, and it was like, oh, this uh, we got something here. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I mean, we were both texting each other like. A couple hours before kickoff, like not sure, like it could either go really, really well or really, really bad, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it went well, especially on the the Jacob Eason front. But uh, I, I'd imagine that uh, that number ten jersey is the one that they're selling this year. But you, got, I gotta imagine Adidas is pretty, pretty pissed that uh, a lot of people already had. In my case, several number ten jerseys from the Jake Locker and Charles Frederick days. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. But what do you think um, of those jerseys? I thought they looked pretty fresh. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think Adidas did what they needed to do in the first year, you know, and that's like appeal to the older, the donors, like the older fan base, you know, that those people like dog fan, uh, all the dog fan uh, Twitter accounts, you know, who, <laughs> who yes. have like two followers but follow like a thousand people, you know, always <laughs> tweeting every hour, like appeal to those people, you know, kind of go back to the old school look. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have any interaction with those people, but those are the people who are like, it's like two thirty p.m. Pacific, and they're yep. like midday on their job, and they're talking about like Joe Tryon on Twitter, and it's like, <laughs> or, exactly, or they're or they're tweeting at all the recruits, you know, like yeah. making their pitch. It's yeah, like, come on. I try and stay, despite also having a podcast talking about the dogs. I try and uh, stay away from that line, but um, but I think I think I'm in a good place. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. I think they look good. Uh, neither of us won the uh, the chance to get those custom uh, 1.0s that were all over Instagram, though. That's uh, that's too bad. Yeah, I'm sure we I'm sure we we'll see all those uh, all the dads rocking them this this Saturday. <laughs> Which uh, yeah, that that conversation led us to come up with the term uh, Audi Dads. Um, oh yeah, it's really I get that trending. Yeah, Adidas dads walking around. Just they they like came in on the boat. Uh, they got the the quarter zip purple. Um, what do you think, Nordstrom jeans? And then the, was, the Yeezys. Yeah, so I'm thinking there's probably this probably two different kinds we're, we're gonna have. We're gonna have the the dads with the jeans rocking the Yeezys. Yes. Uh, we're gonna with like the tucked in polo, and then we got those really hardcore fans. You know, those like Adidas like tracksuits, like the old school ones, like Run DMC days. Yes. So we're gonna have those kind of dads and the all purple ones, and probably some custom like the purple white, those purple. Um, I don't forget what the name, but like the classic ones that the run, that Run DMC used to wear as well. You know those shoes? Yeah, yeah, just the the, the straight whites with the the yeah. straps on the with, side. Yeah, I can see someone customizing those with uh, in purple, probably with the last name on the back too, <laughs> like Go Dogs on the back. You know, I'm yeah, sure a couple of those kind of, those kind of guys rocking around. Yeah, there's there's a type for sure, and Chris Peterson having made it cool, having made it uh, cool or I guess uncool for for old white guys to wear Yeezys now. Uh, the gates of hell are just completely open for, for Montlake. What are, what are the odds of Coach Pete rocking a pair of Yeezys on the sideline this this year? Oh, man. If there were ever a game to do it, it would be against Cal, just for how much shit they're talking. <laughs> um, that would that would be uh, that'd be like a good up up 21 in the third quarter, put those on. Um, no one would really oh, care. But a, a mid-game mid, uh, shoot, uh, shoot change would be epic. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it could happen. Uh, no, I, I, he's, he's staying above the fray here. We'll talk a little bit about the, the Cal mess that's being talked over there. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, let's talk real quick about what's real and what's Eastern from that, for that first week. Because plenty of what we're talking about in terms of excitement could very well do to be the fact that uh, you know, we just played an FCS team. Um, and, yeah. and that would explain a lot of the success. Uh, so let's try and parse through that. Jacob Eason's legitimacy. Uh, first of all, what's what's the uh, the hashtag du jour now that uh, BBK is is a Seahawk? Or are you going to keep the the BBK for defensive player, defensive rookie of the year hashtag going? Oh, yeah, I think I'm going to try to keep the BBK Heisman uh, hashtag going. And also, I, uh, Disley. Also, we had the, the hashtag for uh, Disley for Heisman, <laughs> but then he got he got hurt last year, so we can bring that back again this this season. Okay. Um, but for Eason, I'm not really sure. If we, I mean, do we do we just start his Heisman campaign early for him? I'm sure he'd be cool with it. 
I think he's cool with it. I think that's why he came back here is for for the story for the Heisman. Exactly. I mean, he might he might have got another another year to play at Georgia, but it just wasn't wasn't his scene. Now he's you know he built some built some hype, built some extra year. Uh, I heard someone talking the other day and or on the podcast, and they were like, "Yeah, people forget about Jacob Eason. You know, it's you know like they forgot how good he was." And I'm like, you know why? It's because he was the only guy who transferred that actually had to sit out a year. Everyone else, you get to play immediately afterwards. And he yeah. had to, he had to actually like do what he's supposed to do. Well, everyone except for Tate Montel, Montel, uh, whatever. Yeah, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. But uh, <laughs> but uh, Eason is right there with the uh, the, yeah. the SZN, right? I, I don't know if anyone oh, yeah. started that, but it's it's almost too easy. I feel like it's it's uh, it's it's blown up by now. We might as well we might as well just get that going. Yeah, yeah, we'll just be loud about it. Even if anyone's like, no, dude, I tweeted this two days before you did. It's like, no, we, we definitely had that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, dude, that, that first 50-yard pass to Bocelli coming right out of a commercial break, at least from our end on TV, uh, definitely caught me by surprise because I was just, I was just getting texts of like, oh, like just, just nonsensical stuff because that's all people could say of how easy it looked for a quarterback to throw 50 yards down the field. Hasn't uh, been that way for a while. Yeah, I mean, because like the first couple of passes that, that we did, they're all kind of the screen passes, you know? Mm, yeah. So I, initially I was like, oh man, here we go. Like, here we go again with this. Um, but then he comes out and just, just flicked up that 50 yard on, on the on the spot too, right to right into his bread basket. Yeah, even those screen passes though, like yeah, the fifty yard was nice. Um and, and just, you know, Pacelli going straight straight past the dude. So that's part of the Eastern thing is there's gonna be guys who can cover him in the slot. But uh but even those screen passes, like not to immediately turn this onto a, a let's let's <laughs> let's bag on Jake Browning thing. Yeah. But but his screen butt passes were in jeopardy of hitting the ground, especially early in his career. Um, and his Eason's, it's just the whole thing works so much better when all of that stuff happens in this, in a split second rather than just a little bit longer. No. Yeah. How, how long do you think when people are going to keep doing this, like the whole comparing Eason to Browning, <laughs> we into this all, all season long, like, Oh, Browning can never do this or Browning can never do that. You know, until we beat Bama. I think, I think that's uh that's a fair standard to hold Eason to of, of, <laughs> Uh, Browning got us all the way there, so so yeah, uh, can't can Eason do that? Um, yeah, so I, I posted it on Instagram, but the play of the game was the the Eason like Odelling the snap first of all, um, yep. <laughs> off to his right, one handing that, and then just just flick of the wrist uh, from the thirty five and landing at the two, like a sixty eight yard ball in the air, um, like Jamarcus Russell style. Way over Aaron Fuller's head, and Peterson even said afterwards that, or Fuller even said afterwards that uh, he wasn't ready for it. Like after the bad snap, he kind of stopped a little bit. Uh, you can't stop when Jacob Eason is your quarterback. Yep, and I think I mean it's just like one like we both text each other like that. That was a great looking. That was a great looking incomplete pass. Like that's that was absolutely beautiful. And I'm sure that's the same reaction to everyone in the crowd. Like I'm sure no one was mad at all. You know, like disappointed. Yeah. Like what? But what did Fuller say post game? He said something. Uh, he said like how it's like the sexiest incomplete pass and like how I can't like I don't have the quote on me right now, but he said like how it disappeared in the clouds and it just dropped out of nowhere and like, how impressed he was. Um, I was just saying it to you, but it's pretty funny like his reaction to the pass as well. It's just like pretty much just like all of us. Yeah, that yeah, that's the other thing too. Is like I close my eyes and I think, okay, what was the what was my favorite John Ross play ever in his career? And it's the the catch at Cal where he has to come back to the ball. 
to do any oh, yeah. of that. Like uh, him having to come back to the ball made that play obviously because he had the ball in his hands and, and ran with it. But uh, you put Eason with John Ross, and it would have just been just lightning strikes from the from this from the friggin' sky. Uh, it mm-hmm. was it that would have been a match made in heaven. But this this Fuller connection uh, is is real nice uh, considering Eason can put it where only Fuller can get it, and Fuller just seems capable of of anything at this point. Yeah, I mean he's. He, he, I ain't going to talk about Leia, but he can. He, he's had a nice uh, set of like one-handed catches in his in his career. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember uh, Fuller kind of broke on in the Penn State game, had that had the touchdown, and then he was really the only guy in the first half against Auburn who seemed to oh, be yeah. ready to play, um, and went up and got a couple balls to 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 put UW back in that game. Uh, is he seems to be like he he came with, on with with John Ross and Dante Pettis. I think he had uh, a lot of time under under Dante's wing, and in like every way imaginable, is kind of uh, just a, a little a little Pettis clone. No, definitely, and then that's exactly what kind of uh, after that one handed catch, um, and just a game he had is just like you see flashbacks of Pettis, and very very similar, um, which is really cool. I mean, I think he definitely has the same kind of swag as Pettis. Um, like you, you said, he's clearly a Pettit disciple, and I definitely agree with that. Yeah, uh, so it's gonna be fun to watch him go off this season. He goes, he goes green hair and gets two cats though, and and it might have gone too far. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, if he starts doing the cat celebration, he, we might need to cut him off there. Yeah, I'm surprised they even like. I love that for Pettis, but wrong school for for a cat celebration. Uh, to uh, to Richard Newton, uh, who will forever go by Dick Newton from 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 now until the end of his days. <laughs> Uh, kind of bust out of nowhere. Got a, for his first carry before before Kamari Pleasant did. Uh, he ends up with uh, with ninety yard, ninety plus yards and a touchdown. Um, touchdown coming on the fourth and two play on the the dogs' very first drive. Uh, out of nowhere, but it seems like he's not just a flash in the pan. We're going to see this guy a lot. Yeah, I, I think he'll get at least at least five to ten carries a game. I mean, what he's I don't know exactly how much he averaged. But I think he's like at least like seven and a half yards. Yeah, uh, each carry. Yeah, he just runs different too. I mean, uh, there was a quote from 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 uh, uh, Chris Peterson, uh, master shade thrower. Chris Chris Peterson, by the way, C- <laughs> captain captain of the subtweet uh, in, yep. in every phase of the game. Uh, but uh, Peterson says about Newton, he says, seeing his running style, putting his pads down and going forward and keeping his legs going. Uh, there's not a lot of dancing around. Shouts out to to Quinn Sterling for sending me that quote. Uh, but kind of a subtweet there at at Ahmed, You got to think. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we always kind of take take this stuff for granted. I mean, I feel like he's obviously not taking shots, but I think there's also another article that uh, what's that guy Mike Burrell? Love uh, him, by the way. He, he came out with an article today about about Dick and uh, how he's just like a violent <laughs> runner. And, yeah. Like his high school coach says the same, the same, the same thing. Um, I mean, Ogman does kind of dance around a lot, but I don't think he's taking any jabs at him. At least I hope not. Yeah, or even just trying to motivate him, but uh, but yeah, yeah, Peterson with the the, the another maybe potential subtweet there. Uh, definitely had a subtweet about all the guys transferring, all the quarterbacks transferring this summer, uh, yep. and then definitely had a subtweet uh, last year about the whole Trey Adams Seattle Times fiasco uh, when people were putting out his his injury status um, ahead of ahead of time. Um, so yeah, just 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 classic Peterson for better. Or for no, worse. Yeah. 
I do hope I do hope Peterson does have another stub tweet uh, after the game on against Cal, but we'll talk about that later. Oh yes, I hope the word culture comes up. Uh, at oh yeah, I feel like I, I feel like he will. I feel like he'll, he'll do it either after the game or it's Monday Monday press conference. Yeah, with our boy Castricone. Uh, this this defense um, being on the same level as the last two years, getting four sacks, which was pointed out was one sixth of their total from all of last season. Uh, some guys were activated a little bit. Benning Potawai got finally got uh, a little bit of production for the first time, seemingly in his career, with two sacks himself. Uh, what do you think? Does this this defense is going to be on the same level as the last two years, or uh, is this more just uh, Eastern's not that great? I think it's more Eastern, but you can definitely see the potential of where this team can go. Like super athletic on the outside, like Molden. I thought he had a hell of a game. Uh, Brian was flying all over the place. Uh, I'm a fan of is it Jackson Sermon? Yes, Cowboy Cowboy Jack. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a huge fan of that. Like, he had that. Uh, I don't forgot who it was. Ackman's touchdown fullback, not uh, yeah. on the goal line when he's a full. He came in as a fullback and threw down that block. If he if he keeps with that cowboy collar, I think I think I think we'll be fine. That was one thing we found out. We found our guy. Yeah, that was one thing that always pissed me off about Peterson is that he never let either Vita Vea or Greg Gaines either be a fullback or take it in from the one. Uh, you just gotta do that stuff. I mean, people people freaking yeah. lose their minds when fat guys score touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Sermon not quite fat, but but uh, but you know defensive guy with the neck roll. Got to got to get him out there. Uh, I, the guy I really liked to see was uh, MJ Tafisi. I thought he looked awesome. He had the the safety play. Um, I think it was him with the safety play. But either way, he looks very stout um, and looks a little bit more athletic than Kyler Manu did. But, um, yeah, that, that linebacker core did basically exactly what you'd want them to do, uh, given that uh, your boy BBK wasn't there, uh, Tevis Bartlett wasn't there. That there's, that was kind of the biggest position group that you felt um, had, to, had to show out, and I think they did. Yeah, I think I think this made a good rotation with those with those three guys. Um, and what do you think about the defensive backs? Well, I and the safeties. I think there was only really one play uh, that was that was troubling, and it was where where uh, Cam Williams, the freshman safety, came into Keith Taylor um, and led to the to the long touchdown for Eastern. And I think that's something that's probably easy to get cleaned up, but um, but not something that you're used to seeing with the Huskies, it, like that glaring of a mistake. Um, leading to a yeah. long play like that, uh, but other than that, I mean, I I think it's just it's so nice having Miles Bryant and Elijah Molden on the field because they're both such good tacklers and just know exactly what to do all the time. Oh yeah, definitely. I think it's just nice. Like I don't think we're ever gonna really have like a down year. Knock on wood uh, for defense. We just have so many young young guys just like kind of just registered and kind of just stocked up on the sideline, you know. And that was kind of just plug them in. Yeah. Um, as they get like a, a year under the with the system and everything. Don't so it's hit- nice to like. Sorry, yeah, Dom Hampton missing that uh, that pick six was tough, and then Kyler yeah. Kyler Gordon with two defensive holding plays. So both those guys, redshirt freshmen, got on the field um, and and left a little bit on the table. But um, but that's that's the nice thing about playing Eastern instead of Auburn to start a season is that you you get that little runway to not have to be quite exactly. perfect yet. Exactly. Yeah, you, you kind of knock out all the little all the little kinks and everything. Yeah. Um, get them out now before the big games happen. And then the the last thing that really was was interesting, and I don't, I think Chris Peterson's explana- explanation for this was just absolutely terrible. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> about uh, it's it's late in the game. I think it was the either third or fourth quarter, but either way, uh, fourth and six from the twenty seven. Exactly what I talked about last week on my podcast of you got to give Peyton Henry a chance at this type of kick at some point this season before it's it's crunch time. 
perfect opportunity right there. 44 yards, home crowd, uh, and instead they go for it for basically for no reason in a game that was well in control. Um, and I have no explanation for that, and I'm wondering if you do. No, and what was Peterson's? Remind me what the Peterson he, excuse was. Well, he basically said that the, the, it's a gray area there in terms of whether you go for it or not. And they thought that they were probably going to go for it before the last play on third down, but then they lost yards, and then so they were still planning on going for it regardless. Uh, but even still, it doesn't make any sense because I still think if it's fourth and two instead of fourth and six, you still should let Peyton Henry kick that ball. Um, yeah. And even I thought on that first drive before Newton, Dick Newton ran it in, uh, that, that a field goal was in play there just for exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's just like one of those things, you know, like the game was going so well. We got the, everyone's hyped up on Eason, you know, like like why why us blow it if he, this kid comes in and kicks it wide, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... But it's, I, it, I do agree, he needs to have those confidence uh, boosters now before we come back in a situation like last year against Oregon. Yeah, yeah, and it might very well be the the Pete Carroll thing. You know, he wanted Russ to have the Super Bowl MVP. Same thing, <laughs> same with Peterson, right? He's, he's on. He's the biggest guy on that Jacob Eason Heisman campaign uh, than than anybody. So that that's got to be it. Uh, let's talk to talk about Public Enemy Number One uh, in oh, Seattle man. right now, Evan Weaver. Um, I don't understand what his what his deal is. Uh, Evan Weaver. Something, something. Someone heard him. Something happened back in the day. <laughs> yeah. There's there's some trauma that Evan Weaver needs to needs to uncover here. Uh, three star guy coming out of, of Gonzaga Prep um, had an offer from UW and Wazoo. Uh, something happened, either the offer got pulled or or something. But at one point, UW was considered the favorite uh, for this guy. He's a great player at Cal now, uh, but last year um, after after the game uh, that that ended, well, Weaver had a pick six against Jay Kaner in that game. Uh, Cal wins in a very, very ugly game, and he has this to say. Evan, I know how excited you are. Thanks for taking a minute here. Coming in this game, everybody was hyping Washington's defense, but yeah. it was yours yeah. that impressed tonight. How proud are you of your guys? I mean, it's just it's just a blessing, you know. Our, our culture really showed through today. I mean, we just got the better culture than they do, and we really just, like, took it to them, took it to them all game, and they had nothing. And then uh, after her, that game, he or after the UC Davis game that Cal starts with this year, uh, he has this to say. Evan, you, uh, you guys beat Washington last year here, and you had a fairly significant play in that game. Can you just talk about what you think your readiness is for that game this year as a team and, and what you have to do between now and then to, to be ready? I mean, from today, we're not ready at all. Played horrible. I mean, as a, as a whole group, as a defense, I can't speak for the offense, but for us, we played horrible. We're not ready, uh, but we will be. We will be ready next Saturday. You can believe that. But right now, it's not looking good. But we'll get it right tomorrow in the film room. Monday, Tuesday, all the way till Friday, and then we'll fly up there, and we'll beat them Saturday. That's what we do. We win games. We figure it out. No matter what the score is, it's still a win. And I'm just a little confused because. Uh... I don't really know where the culture point came from. Uh, he's got to know something that, that we don't, uh, that he's referencing. Uh, but he seems hell-bent on destroying us at all costs. It's it's kind of tight because there's you don't see this stuff very often in college football. But it's pretty damn weird. No, it's super weird. I think, I mean, like I said, it, someone someone did something to him during his recruiting process. Or like, I don't know, just for, for a dude just to have that against us, like, all right, man, like, it's like those, those memes, like, no one. Nobody. Yes. Absolutely no one. 
<laughs> Evan Weaver. <laughs> yeah. That's him. It's like that he's that meme. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it's 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 strange, but uh but I'm kind I'm here for it. I mean, I think college football can be more and more exciting. This is the type of stuff that the Pac-12 needs. Uh some some stuff away from the actual football field because uh, yeah. it was a rough weekend for uh for all West Coast football there. Um but uh I I don't know. Let's 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 beat them and and just uh and just take care of it. But uh, yeah, I do I hope really... there's a moment, like a stare down or something. Um, a, a Jake Browning point at Evan Weaver into the end zone would be would be phenomenal. I feel like Evan Weaver's that kind of guy. I think what like remember the Titans when uh, the, the linebacker points to the opposing head coach. <laughs> I feel like we I feel like Weaver's that kind of guy to point at Coach Pete. Like he'll, he'll get like a, a tackle like midfield or something like nothing big and just do like just make a big scene out of it. Yeah, that's that's why uh, Peterson had to switch into Yeezys, is because he had to be more nimble on his feet to to run away from Evan Weaver trying to kill yeah, him I, in the middle of the game. I really didn't understand his quote uh, from Saturday, like the whole "no matter what the score is, it's still a win." <laughs> like it's still a win. That's what you say, like when you when you know you still lost. You know, like like in a beer pong game or like a flip cup game, you know you got super lucky. You just like walk right. Well, win to win. You know, it's like right. that's like that's what that reminds me of. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Cal, Cal's just like, yeah, we're gonna fluke you to death. We're gonna we're gonna win on like some. So <laughs> we're gonna win because your backup quarterback came in for no reason and threw a pick six. Um, yeah, but apparently that's what they do. They win games. It's like okay. Yeah. Once again, no, no one, nobody. Yeah. Evan Weaver. Uh, you must have forgot about the cheese it bowl last year. My yeah. Friend. <laughs> uh, but I really, I really hope Coach Pete comes out with some, at least some kind of like sub tweet or something. Yeah, yeah. After a win, hopefully uh, that'll that'll yeah. change that. Uh, the Cal game should be a little bit more tense, uh, even though both of us I think had questions going into that Eastern game. Um, I think in, rather than giving you a, a, an opportunity to make a prediction about the score, I think that this type of question is, is the true barometer here of, uh, at least for me, if I'm, if I'm at a home game, my, my pre-gaming strategy changes much, much, uh, or varies greatly depending on what type of game it is. If it's going to be a, a very tense game throughout, uh, I'm more like less likely to, to do a shot ski or five, uh, at the beta tailgate. Uh, shouts out Andy Palmer uh, and all the great work he does there. So I'm wondering what is uh, what is your pregame strategy heading into this Cal game, given the the type of, of tense atmosphere it figures to be. Yeah, I definitely be a little bit like maybe maybe one shot ski just as like my first tailgate, you know, the season kick it off. Um, there we go. But yeah, but probably just stick it with Rainiers. I have a couple of those, and then as as the game prolongs, and it, cause I think I'm gonna be watching at a bar, probably the Dutchess or something this week. Um, but kind of just yeah, I'm gonna want to be full, fully yeah. aware of what's going on. You know, I'm still I'm still a little bit nervous, you know, with Eason and everything. Yeah, yeah, all of what we talked about could have very well have just been Eastern's not great. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a good strategy. Couple shots, gear two, a couple rainiers, get iced. Uh, someone tricks, <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. someone tricks you into taking a fireball shot, then then that's that's a pretty good place to be. Yeah, and then I mean, then what next week against Hawaii? Then it's just like whatever yeah that's <laughs> let's go yeah that's all gas no brakes on that one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh perfect man well uh this is fun we'll uh we'll see how it goes on saturday hopefully uh get some get some um revenge on evan weaver for for just some clarity also would be nice on what's going on with him but uh but thank you for doing this uh go dogs and uh we'll see how this cow game goes appreciate it. yeah I'll be, I'll be looking for my for my dad hat coming in here soon absolutely yeah stay tuned on that uh, all right, man. Okay. Take it easy. Yeah, peace. 
All right, that was Zach Peggins on the horn there. Thanks to Zach for coming on once again and for trying to get us a sponsorship uh, from the Duchess. Stanton's European vacation has really forced me to think outside the box uh, for content, and so this next segment may or may not be the dumbest thing I've ever done uh, for those that have, have heard me uh, since the get-go here. Uh, but uh, Thursday night, ahead of the UCLA-Cincinnati game, I saw John Conzano uh, from the Oregonian, um, who has done a lot of the uh, heavy lifting for us in terms of exposing, exposing Larry Scott's uh, <laughs> character, if I guess what you would use that word there. But I saw Conzano's tweet about some of the more really tone-deaf comments uh, from our fearless leader uh, and least self-aware person on the planet, Larry Scott. Larry Bear said, quote, We don't hire the coaches. We don't recruit the athletes. We don't coach them, but sometimes we get blamed for the losses. I heard that and said, you've got to be kidding me. This is like Donald Trump talking about hurricanes. Uh, just shut up, right? There's, there's, Just stay away from the microphone, Larry. There's nothing good that can come from this. Uh, you should have learned this by now, that people don't like you very much. Uh, so, of course, you don't recruit the athletes. But you know what you do do? You put your coaches and programs in the best possible position to win, or at least you should. That is your job. Uh, and you haven't done that time and time again when it comes to football and men's basketball. You're the same guy who looks at a huge revenue gap between your conference and the SEC in the face and says, actually, we're good. Uh, let's just make sure our office in San Francisco has a yogurt bar because I think that's important. Uh, I'm just so tired of Larry Scott, uh, this man who is just a peacetime president. So this week, I felt a need to show some pride for this feeble, misguided conference we play in. Uh, and as I was going to bed on Tuesday night, I thought, what if I did Chris Berman's old uh, fastest three minutes bit? Uh, with the old NFL primetime music, uh, but I called it the Pac-12-est three minutes. Instead of doing what you're supposed to do with ideas that come to you in the middle of the night, uh, I ran with it. Enjoy. Starting with Arizona and Hawaii, last year coach Kevin Sumlin said the team struggled with conditioning. Why oh why would we expect any different this year? Arizona starts slow, wilts late, falls a yard short of tying the game at the buzzer. Warriors win 45-38. UCLA and Cincinnati. UCLA stud running back Josh Kelly was mysteriously absent from this opening tilt in solidarity for their missing teammate. The rest of UCLA joined him by also no-showing. 24-14 Bearcats. Utah and BYU. When asked about opening the season at BYU at Pac-12 Media Day, Utah stud defensive end Bradley Anai said there's nothing worse than playing in front of 60,000 sober white people. Here, here. Behind 187 yards from Zach Moss and two pick sixes, Utah rolls 30-13 over the sober whites. Kent State and ASU. In front of 47,000 definitely not sober people, Sparky holds Kent State to just 200 yards of total offense and nine punts. True freshman quarterback Jaden Daniels looks spunky in his debut, 30-7 Sun Devils. Colorado, Colorado State. The Rams put a scare in Colorado early, but ninth-year senior Steven Montez pulls away for Colorado to pull the Pac-12 and Mountain West into a dead heat in their best-of-three set, 52-31 Ralphie. Oklahoma State and Oregon State. In a battle of orange teams, neither team wore any out of respect to those viewing at home who may be prone to seizures. The Beavs look great on offense early, but the Beaver defense continues to be more wood than chainsaw, giving up more than seven yards of play to the Pokes. 52-36 Cowboys. Oregon and Auburn. Oregon manhandles Auburn for most of this game before succumbing to the awesome and horrible power of Gus Malzahn's chaos visor. After taking a 21-6 lead with nine minutes left in the third quarter, Oregon ran 25 plays for just 75 yards. 
Auburn takes the Pac-12 banner from Oregon and beats them senseless with it, 27-21 Tigers. Wazoo and New Mexico State, the spokes on Mike Leach's starboard-leaning pirate ship continue to spin as new quarterback Anthony Gordon completes his first 15 passes, throwing for five touchdowns, and the Cougars roll New Mexico State 58-7. Stanford and Northwestern, these fine institutions essentially beat each other up with thick, leather-bound books for the better part of three hours, made even less exciting by the exit of third quarterback K.J. Costello after a Wildcat cheap shot. Stanford prevails, and much to the delight of your host, covers 17-7. UC Davis and Cal, after nine months to ponder everything that went wrong in the Cheez-It Bowl, the Berkeley Bears have slashed their turnover count by 40%, only fumbling three times in the opener. But hey, as Evan Weaver told us, the Bears win games. That's what they do, 27-13. Fresno State and USC. USC took the rubber match in the Pac-12 Mountain West Bowl in a game that was marred by JT Daniels' torn ACL and meniscus. USC was ready to go full air raid before Daniels went out, having thrown 34 passes by the time of the injury late in the first half. Troy switches gears and pulls through late, 